if you know it. I, I was sharing this thing about one of the kids that I work with, and I was, I teach teaching some studies in, in school, sixth graders, and I was teaching on one point in social studies, and and the kids know my preacher. And he said, it's called you your preacher. The young kid broke and said, no, he's teaching and preaching. I was going to go. I didn't know he was going to go. So I guess what's in you is going to come out of you. Amen. Well, I want to get to our subject. He said that there's been a blood now that runs in Genesis and Revelations. I've heard people say that. It's hard to find that blood now, but people say there's that blood now. Uh, but I do know for sure that there is definitely blood throughout the church. And I want to discuss some of that blood and see how it impacts impacted then and how it impacts now. Because I would suggest to you that there's a significance in blood. I'm trying to hold my horses so I'm going to hit of myself. Because anytime I talk about the blood, I get all worked up. Because I realize that were it not for the blood, to be the for right now. all this right here. Y'all gonna say that boy lost his mind. <laughs> but I have lost my mind. It's covered in the blood. Mm. But there are different definitions for the word blood when you use scripture. In one instance, we find out that blood is the death of something or someone. When we look at the scripture, we go to Genesis chapter. Of four verses eight of uh, eight through ten, and we found out that Cain. I'm not actually saying like these scriptures. I mean the number of scriptures today. So just hold your seats and just take down some notes, please. But we found out Cain was a little bit upset with his brother. What it really was, he was jealous. Gotta watch out for jealousy. That's how to keep you out. Oh, that's nothing that's true. You gotta watch out for it. But anyways, Cain, let me read the text here real quick here so you can follow me. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. That word slew him, he killed him. Why did Cain kill his brother? Because he was jealous, because God accepted his sacrifice out of humility, but Cain's sacrifice was out of Pride. Hmm. We talked about pride a couple weeks ago to one congregation and we found out pride is not a very good thing. But anyways, Cain killed his brother because he messed up. Essentially. <laughs> and, and so and so we find a definition of blood is something or someone who has been killed. Hmm. That's what I'm saying again. And then he said, and the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. He lied. He lied. Mm -hmm. I read a scripture somewhere else that said, All liars should have their face and let that burn with fire. Mm -hmm. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood climbed unto me from the ground. 
When you kill somebody, or what's say is killed, and it's not a righteous killing, that blood cries out, and God hears that cry. I, I, I read, and I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm, like, I'm going to be sidetracked. You know, people go down rabbit holes sometimes. But, but, but you know, I found out there are times when we can get God's undivided attention. Oh, yes. What's that case with Stephen or Stephen? When he got stumped, I found out that God, that the Lord stood up and looked down at him and said, Look at my servant. You can get God's undivided attention. Yes, yes. Second case here was able. God heard the cry of the blood. Somebody say with me for a minute now. Be careful who you put your hands on. Be very careful who you put your mouth on. I'm telling you because the end will not be well for you if you don't want to be just one of God's children. Hmm. Another word for blood or definition is the life of the flesh. Yes. Leviticus 17 and 11. Mm -hmm. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus 17 and 11 now. Uh -huh. Remember I said, take some notes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'll figure out what I'm saying after a while. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Mm. Mm. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I, I've noticed something. Right the woman, I the chapter one that says, when people run out of blood, they run out of life. Hence, they have transfusions to put blood back in the body. Right, right. Hence, putting more life back in the body. Amen. Amen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> put the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. Don't get to that in a minute. Y'all hold your horses now. We'll get to it. No matter the specific definition, blood in Scripture is often referenced to sacrifice or atonement. There's often a reference to blood as sacrifice or atonement. All right. Uh -huh. I'm gonna get a little bit academic, so stay with me for a minute. My God. Of the 362 times the word blood is employed in the Old Testament, it is linked 103 times to sacrifice. Alright. I'm gonna make this so plain that youngsters are gonna understand what that boy's talking about. <laughs> Watch. This is significant because blood is an absolute, is absolute in a washing away of sin. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's consider for instance Hebrews 9 and 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. You got to have blood to wash away sin. You got to have blood to wash away sin. My God. I, I'm talking about how to get done with this. Some things I'm not going to say. You'll say I shouldn't say it, but I'm using the scripture to say what I'm saying. Somebody might get offended because I'm saying something that goes against their religious views. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Sorry about that. My God. My God. 
that without a shedding of blood is no remission. Now, before I get too deep into this Hebrew text, I want to explore some history of the use of blood in the Old Testament. Look, a little bit more academic, so stay with me. It's going to be plain, though, watch. Exodus is an example of how God used the blood of animals to bring redemption to his people. If we look at Exodus chapter 12, chapter 12, rather, verses 3 through 7, I'm going to read those and say with Speaking into all the congregation of Israel, we have uh, Exodus here now, chapter 12, verses 3 through 7, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. That word, that one keeps them no while too. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Uh, I would suggest God doesn't have a whole bunch of waste. <laughs> we waste food, but God said, I don't know, we waste that lamb. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a side note, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb, I said, shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And ye shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses, yes, yes. wherein they shall eat. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I gotta backtrack here. There's a reason the blood was employed here. You see, the people of God were in bondage as it were. See, because one king died, one Pharaoh died. If you read the whole story here. Well, it's a whole lot of whole, but there's one who died. But Joseph was important. Not Joseph, but I'm sorry. He was important in this thing. But the king that knew Joseph, he died. And he knew not, and he didn't know anything about what was going on. But he saw the Hebrew children were being successful in this land. They were growing and they were multiplying. And he took issue with this. He said, no, we can't be having this going on in my land. So we're going to do things that stifle your growth. We're not going to let you grow. We're not going to let you multiply. But the more they came against the people of God, the more the people of God grew. Am I telling the truth about this? Amen. 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 Hmm. Old boy got all worked up. After a while, God sent some plays. Y'all, 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 y'all read the story. How God sent some plays. And the final thing was going to pay the death that would come across every household that had not the blood. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But they had specific instructions as to how to handle this. If you did not follow the specific instructions, you died just like the Egyptians died. Amen. Mm. Go read the story. 
It might take a little bit of you, but it's making worse for me, I promise. But watch this. The obedience side. Verses 28 and 29. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord, and did as the Lord commanded. And did as the Lord commanded. And did as the Lord commanded. Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captain that was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of the cattle. Watch this. It's because of obedience the Israelites did not suffer with the Egyptians. Had they not obeyed, the firstborn in their house would have died as well. Had they not rightfully applied their blood, the firstborn would have died. But obedience allowed them to do, not get killed with the Egyptians. Am I telling the truth, somebody? Amen. Am I preaching or teaching? What am I doing up here? Oh. I'm normal. <laughs> Preach yourself normal. Oh. The obedience meant that they were atoned, not only for the, by their obedience, but also by the proper application of the blood of the Lamb. Obedience is so important. Yeah. They were given instructions. They thought they were how, how many kids do How many kids do I see? One, two, three, four, five. How, how many kids always obey your parents? Come on, you always obey your parents? Alright. You always obey your parents? Alright. How many disobey sometimes? You understand? How many disobey sometimes? Oh, you disobey sometimes? Alright. But you know what? You can only get the blessings of God when you fully obey. You got to obey. My goodness. I think I said one time I was here, even if you're an adult and your parents talk to you about something you, know, you may not agree with them, but you better honor your parents. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. I would that my parents were still here. They're not. But you know what? I say it's it joking a lot of time because I'm kind of a silly guy sometimes. I can see me now. If I go to school where I teach, and so I just obey those teachers, suspect those teachers. My mom will get up out of that bed and smack me so. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she really wouldn't. I'm just, you know, it's just important to obey. Yeah. The Levitical implication of sacrifice and atonement goes to this end. Leviticus 17 and 11, for the life of flesh is in the blood. And I have given to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Now look here. I, 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 I want to I share something with you. In days of old, before the Messiah came, there had to be sacrifices of certain animals in order to, to cover sin. Am I right or wrong about that? 
Without those sacrifices, there would have been no covering of sin. It was so important that once a year, every year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. He did have to make atonement for sin, but he couldn't just go into the Holy of Holies. He had to go there a certain kind of way. He had had done first make sure he was in check. If he wasn't in check, he couldn't go in. He had to be dressed a certain kind of way. If he wasn't dressed right, he died on a spot. Look at him. It was so important that the priest did it the right way that they put a rope on him. That if he went in there wrong, he died instantly. And the other priest could not go in after him. They had to pull him out. They had bells on him. If those bells stopped ringing, they didn't go in. Unless they died instantly too. Oh, I tell about obedience and the blood. They kind of work hand in hand, sir. And so they had to take the animals and they killed them in accordance to whatever the statutes were. And it's the blood, the shedding of blood for that time covered sin. It did not eradicate sin, it covered sin for a while. Somebody still with me? Amen. Somebody, somebody learning something again. Hallelujah. All right. Mm. Unless there is a spilling of blood, it is not possible. It is not possible for atonement for sin. Now watch this. We talk about atonement a whole lot, right? Now that, that we get what atonement truly is. Atonement is the act by which God restores a relationship of harmony and unity between himself and whom? It's the act that restores that right relationship. Now, you'll be called back in the garden. The Adam messed up, he didn't put his wife in the chair. And they died. It wasn't a physical death, but really death means separation. And from that time on, God started to redeem man back to himself. So he used blood as atonement to bring man back to himself. My God. Hmm. Restore is another word we can use. But there's another definition. For atonement. To a very promise. Especially divine anger by the payment of a cobra or a ransom, which may be of money or which may be of life. So in order for there to be an atonement, there has to be a price paid. Somebody see where I'm going with this. You have to pay a price. Now this idea I found interesting is because when it comes to atonement for sin, money was never an issue. There had to be a life ticket because the sinner's penalty for sin was always death. You can reference Romans 16.23 for that. Even more, the thing sacrificed for the sinner had to be pure. Look at the Levitical way. They had to get a goat or a lamb rather. That had no spot. It had no blemish. Was in his first year of life. He wasn't used for anything except that sacrifice. I'm going somewhere with this. I should have just talked this on my Sunday school. 
They had to be neither fat nor blemished, or it would not qualify as a sacrifice. Leviticus chapter 1 gives uh, some insight into the purity of the animal to be sacrificed. So look at Leviticus chapter 1 too. The animal had to be without blemish. This is the same idea of purity as discussed in Numbers 19 and 2. Where the animal had to be without spot. In other words, the animal could have no marks upon it. It had to be clean in every way. It had to be clean in every way. The animal could uh, not be used in farming. It had to be an animal specifically set aside for the purpose of sacrifice. Amen. I'm going to look at this. Y'all hang tight with me for a minute. Y'all hang tight. Remember talking about understanding the blood, right? It is important also to note that the blood of the animal was to be sprinkled on the altar. Multiple verses point to the requirement, but Leviticus 1 and 5 clearly shows how blood should be handled. That text. And, it, and he shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priest. Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. I go back to obedience here. They had to do it the right way. They had to do it the right way. They couldn't go up there and kill any old lamb, get his blood in the cup, and just pour it on the altar. They couldn't do that. Oh, boy. Verse 4 of the biblical text, it becomes clear that the sacrifices of the animal and the sprinkling of blood upon the altar was sufficient for God for the atonement of sin or to bring reconciliation. Now, let's that's, that's understand reconciliation. Reconciliation really means to restore back to a previous state. Uh, if one of your kids, the second one, disobeyed your parents, and you displease your parents, and if you don't displease them, sometimes I see little people do things to get things back in order with their parents. They might go clean their room a little bit more. Maybe go wash the dishes. Do something to make their parents happy. Why? Because they want to reconcile with their parents. They want to get that relationship back in order. Am I telling the truth? Amen. Amen. Am I telling the truth, kids? Amen. All right, Mama said amen. She's not even a kid. <laughs> and so this is going to reconcile. And something else to notice. The animal that was used was completely and totally innocent in every area and did not deserve to die. The animal was innocent and did not deserve to die. It had done nothing wrong. All it did was be a lamb or go, whatever it was that was sacrificed at that time. Well, he had to be sacrificed. He was pure. He had done nothing wrong. This is the reason that uh, Christ came to a pure vessel. You see, the Old Testament kind of set the way for what took place in what we call the New Testament. See, this is why Christ came in the way that he came. I think I'm going to preach you later. You see, Mary had not known a man. 
which is why she questioned Angel, how can I do that? How can, how can I do that? I, I, I never, you know, been with nobody before. Angel said, don't worry about that. No, I'm paraphrasing. See, God got your name. See, the Messiah could not have been tainted with the sin of mankind, which is why Joseph could not have fathered this, the man Jesus. He could not, because Joseph was born in sin. The Lamb of God had to be pure. Somebody still with me? He had to be pure, and he had to come through a pure vessel. I'm going through with this. I'm starting to get there. He had to come through a pure vessel. Christ could not be tainted with the sinful blood of man. He could not be. He couldn't have one odor of sin on him. It wasn't allowed for sacrifice. This is why Mary was not impregnated in a normal fashion. This is why the Holy Spirit moved upon her. She was still pure even when she gave her. Christ was pure. There has to be purity when it comes down to the blood. You ever notice when you go to a, some people that give blood, they go, they check your blood, make sure there's nothing wrong with your blood? That's what I say, that's what I There's great merit for being ready with the passion of Christ. After his false conviction, Jesus was whipped. His beard was pulled out. He was accused of doing things that he did not do. He was accused of doing things that he would not do. Yet they found fault in him. And they put him before this mock trial. And they pulled out his beard. They snagged him. They put this crown on his head of 32 thorns. Each thorn is some three to five inches long. And he put it down on his head. I can imagine in my mind that when they pulled, I know something like shit, I make myself a little bit. When they pulled his beard, they had no doubt that blood came out. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt when they put this crown of thorn on his head, that blood came through the prickly. There's no doubt about this. Without blood, there's no remission of sin. So you're going to spill Christ's blood and it's stop and it's not trial. Then they decide to beat him with this cat of nine tails. They explain this cat of nine tails. It was a whip, fairly short whip. Had nine extensions to it. And each extension had something in it that could cut perhaps a bone or whatever it was, or a rock. And every time he got hit once with this cat of nine tails, it pulled in a special way for him. This was done some 39 times. 40 was the legal limit. Can you imagine this Christ, who committed no harm, had done nothing to anybody, all he did was try to point men back to the Father to reconcile them, and for this they convicted him. Of crimes he did not do, and they beat him. They smacked him. They mocked him. They put a robe on his back. A purple robe, mind you. That's important because purple was indicative of riches and royalty. 
See how he said he's the king of the Jews. We're going to back you a little bit here. Can you imagine that robe beginning to stick to his flesh after he was beaten up? And then later on, they took that robe, that same robe, and pulled it off of him. Can you imagine not just excruciating pain, but also reopening those wounds that were starting to kill, heal back together? Spilling more blood. Spilling more blood. More pure blood. Untainted blood. And they nailed him. They took him down this, the Via Dolorosa. And then they explained the Via Dolorosa for using an old pathway from the Pets Convention to Golgotha. Maybe about a mile long or so, if that long. And he had to walk along the Via Dolorosa bearing a cross piece to his cross. But he was so weak, he couldn't carry it. The blood was draining out of him. His blood was being spilled. And he struggled, they called him up, and he said, he said, try this. They finally get him to Golgotha. The skull, the, the, oh my goodness. I'm getting worked up here preaching, but I'm trying to contain myself. And, and they took him and they laid him on the ground. And they took the nail and put it right here in his hand. Spilling more blood. They took another nail and put it right here. Spilling more blood. And they took a third nail and put his feet together. Spilling more blood. And they picked up that old rugged cross and they dropped the thing in the ground. For crimes he did not commit. He was on that cross for things he did not do. He was pure. Yet they found reason to kill him. Romans 3 21 through 25. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Watch this now. This way is important. For, well, it's already important, but for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. In his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Oh, there's so much more I can talk about, but I think I pretty much made the point here. I, 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 can you imagine? I'm the one that deserved to die, sir. I'm the one that was sin-filled. Yes. I'm the one that did not deserve to be redeemed. Yes, yes. I'm the one. Me, I'm the one. Yes, yes. But Christ looked down to the end of the time. My 
And he saw this old boy. He said, I cannot let him die in his sin. I can't let him be surrendered for me for all eternity. I've got to go down there. This is why he put on the flesh of man. To make sure that I did not die in my sin. I would suggest to you that he didn't see me alone. I would further that by saying he saw each and every one of us sitting in this room today. He died just for me, but you know what? He didn't die just for me. He died for pastor. He died for deep. He died for everybody in this room. Yeah, yeah. And none of us deserve it. Amen. None of us deserve for him to die on the cross for us. I want you to understand the blood. If you've not been washed in the blood, I think you've made a grave mistake. Oh my. If you, and we need to quit misapplying the blood too while I'm on the subject. Pleading the blood on this thing and pleading the blood on that thing. Quit doing that mess. That's what's crap. Oops. I said it out loud, didn't I? But it's true. Quit pleading the blood like that's not what the blood is for. It's for one purpose. And one purpose alone. That we get under that blood and be washed clean of our sin so we be reconciled back to God. Because sin cannot stand in God's presence. And the only way to get back to God is to reconcile but the washing of blood. Yes. I have more notes here, but I think I'm done. I got that one note for you. I studied this thing in detail. Because I want to understand something. If you walk out of here today, Unsaved, unrepentant, still doing the mess you've been doing ever since you can do it. There's no further excuse for you. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how should we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? You know you get up under that blood. Get up under that. Ask God to forgive you. Let that blood wash away your sin. Oh, man. I know this is not a proper message. I mean, uh, when I say proper, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, you, I mean, it's not a feel-good message. I, I'm not sitting here telling you how to feel good about yourself. Therefore, it doesn't qualify in some realms. I'm telling you it's time to get saved. I'm telling you it's time to get under the blood. I'm telling you the blood washes away sin. Yeah. See, that one called sin sin anymore. We discussed earlier, the pastor's wife and I earlier, how they're, they're no longer unwed mothers, they're single mothers. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, you're not married, therefore you're unwed. Oops, I'm sorry. Lying is not lying anymore. Abortion is because of a woman's body, it's her body, she want to deal with it. So we think with the stigma of sin, sin abounds all the more. But I'm here to tell you, get under the blood and the sin will be washed away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to finish those wrong words. I was going to, that's gone now. I feel more compelled to ask you to get under the blood if you've not been there already. Yeah. Oh, this is a sad note, but it's so very true. Just because 
You come to church every Sunday. Does not mean you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. I'm going to use this word. I don't like to use it too much. That's religiosity. Yeah. I said that's religiosity. Yeah. Because see, when you really get washed in the blood, there's something different about you. Amen. Amen. You don't walk the way you used to walk. Huh. You don't talk the way you used to talk. Right. You don't even think the way you used to think when you really get yeah. in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to try to sit down here. I'm going to tell you when I went to the Marine Corps some years ago. What they did was they pulled me out of the setting where I was, in my mama's house. They took me to a place where I was not familiar with. It was called Paris Island, South Carolina. You know about Paris Island, South Carolina? It indeed is an island, and you don't want to go there unless you have a purpose. But what they did, they took away my clothes. It's going to say, get it they shaved my head. Yeah. They told me, you're going to walk this way. Uh-huh. They gave me a language to speak, a new language as it were. Yeah. Yeah. I could no longer walk as I walked before I went in. I had to walk the way the Marine Corps told me to walk. <laughs> I had zero tools in the map. There was some day one on the yellow footprints. Not even day one, hour one, I had no choice. How you been saved for 15 years and haven't made no change in your life? No. My God. How you been saved for 30 years and you still do the same thing you did 35 years ago? Go ahead. You've been washing the blood, you've been praying around the house. My God. I didn't even come up with it, it came out in your words. I've been called the priest of God, but I don't care about things you or not. Because the gospel affects those who don't want to hear it. Amen. Get under the blood. Yeah. Get under the blood. And rightly apply the blood to your life. Don't be putting the blood all over the place like it's some this. Or this. No, 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 no. That's not what it's for. Get under there and get that sin one away. And get reconciled with God. Get reconciled. Get reconciled. Reconciled means to bring back. Just like my little youngsters, you see how they get their parents mad at them? They do little things just to, you know, get it right. You do the same thing. Do something to get it right. Oh, yeah. Get up under that blood. Get up under there and see if God won't wash away that sin. Matter of fact, I know he will. But once you get up under there, stay under there. And let nothing but nothing move you. God bless you.